Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friend? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are so glad and honored that you're hanging out with us today. Hey, before we get to our uh, special guest and co-host, and uh, if you listened to last week's episode, you know what I'm talking about. Today, we actually have a brand new training that we recently released that I'm super stoked about, really excited to share with you. You definitely want to stop by and check out Elite speakerworkshop.com, elitespeakerworkshop.com. This is a brand new free training we're doing, teaching you all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So make sure you check that out again, elitespeakerworkshop.com. So if you listened to last week's episode, then you heard we are doing something a little bit different this month in the month of February. We are having a co-host. This is something that we've never done before, but today we are being co-hosting with Miss Melanie Diesel. She joined us last week. Melanie is a very successful speaker and has been through some of our programs and now works as a coach on the Speaker Lab team, helping our other several of our students. So lots of great insights that Melanie has learned and she shares with us today. Today, we're going to be talking all about what to do after the speaking gig. So the gig is over. What do you do? to show appreciation and gratitude for the, the client and the audience that you're working with, how to request feedback, get testimonials, get referrals, to get pictures, video, all those assets that you can be using in your marketing materials in the future. All of that we dig into today. So a lot of great stuff that we're going to cover. So let's get right into it. Here's our uh, conversation with Miss Melanie on uh, all about what to do after the speaking gig. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Hey, today we are joined by co-host Melanie Diesel. And uh, today we got a good topic we're going to be digging into of what to do after the speaking gig. Now, for most speakers, they're like, the gig's over. Get my check and peace <laughs> out. But uh, there's a lot of steps that go into building that relationship, building that connection with the client so that ideally they want to refer you, they want to work with you in the future. There's several speakers that Melanie, you and I both know that they do a lot of repeat and a lot of referral business. And a lot of that comes down to the experience that they provide for their clients, both on stage, but especially off stage and how they are to work with. So Melanie, get us into uh, what do you do after the speaking gig? Well, first thing you got to do is say thank you. You've got to show some gratitude, right? And I know it's hard. Like you said, we're on to the next one. We're thinking about the gig that comes next. But a lot of people put in a lot of work to make that event happen and to get you there and make you a part of it. And it means so much to those people that you take the time to say thank you. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Grant, you guys are like your team kings of gratitude. How do you guys talk to me about your whole thank you process? Yeah. So what we do, we do a few different things. So at the event, I always carry a backpack with me whenever I'm traveling. And in that backpack, I got a folder that has usually five or so just generic thank you cards. We had 
like custom thank you cards made there. I don't even know where we printed them, but they're just cheap, just a generic, you know, thank you cover with our logo on them. And I'll keep those in my backpack. And primarily I'm giving one to the event planner, the host that, that I worked with. So I'll make it just a handwritten card to them. I'll make it on the plane there or the hotel the night before. Thank you so much for having me come speak. I really enjoyed working with you and your audience, maybe mentioning something about the event or just something connecting it and making it more personalized. So doing some type of thank you card there, The point of having a couple of different thank you cards is that if there are multiple people, like key people that I'm working with, you know, that then I can also make a note to them as well. That it's just kind of an unexpected type of thing. They weren't expecting it. It, Again, just one of those little touch points that goes above and beyond what the client was expecting, maybe what that other person was expecting as well. So giving them handwritten thank you cards there at the event, it's one of the first things that we do with the client themselves. What anything, what do you do on site? On site, I usually just take people aside and, you know, the the thank you cards, custom thank you cards isn't part of my routine, but I always make it a point to go up to whoever it was, especially after the event when they're finally starting to calm down a bit, right? And tell them like, thank you so much. It was a wonderful event. You know, I loved how you something, right? The food was great or the atmosphere, the decorations, just kind of make sure that they feel appreciated that their work is being noticed. And for me, it's not just the organizers, but I try to thank the other folks too, who are not as likely to get praise from everyone else who's there, right? The MC who's on stage, everyone's going to be complimenting them. But you know, that guy who hooks up your microphone, like that guy's clutch. That guy is the one who (laughs) really runs your life, right? Like that guy's important. So, you know, another thing that I, I tend to do is I always check into my stage beforehand. So I'll often ask the tech guys, like, you guys need a bottle of water? You want any coffee when I come back? Because I'm checking in. I'm going to be back in 20 minutes. I can bring them something. And like I said, having those guys on your side, it's not a bad place to be. So just trying to make sure people feel appreciated. I do some thank yous afterward, which I know is part of your routine too. The handwritten thank yous and the emails and stuff like that is is more part of my afterward routine. But yeah, that gratitude has got to continue way through. No, I think that's super true, especially when it comes to the AV people and those tech people is those are unspoken heroes that they have the ability to make you look really good or really bad. And so you just want them to be, you know, they've seen maybe hundreds or thousands of speakers and to you, to them that you're just another one. But I want to make sure that I build some type of connection with them. Like, hey, I know you guys do a lot of these, but hey, really appreciate your your work, Mm -hmm. really appreciate your help. And just connecting with them beforehand, thanking them afterwards, telling them that they're doing a good job. Like they have the ability to like, again, flip a switch and the whole thing (laughs) falls apart for you and the entire event. But just reminding them that, hey, we really appreciate the work that you're doing there. Yeah. Like you mentioned, anybody who's like a a stage manager, production Mm -hmm. manager behind the scenes, who's helping keep the thing, the the show on track, uh, thanking them, showing your appreciation for them. And then like you mentioned, sometimes depending on where you're speaking in the context of, of when you're speaking, it may be like you finish your keynote and it's still like another hour of the event. It's still like in the thick of the session Mm -hmm. itself. So that the client may not have a lot of time to, you know, to stick around and chat, but trying to find that time where things are a little, you know, slower, just to take a minute to really like genuinely acknowledge them like, Hey, you're doing a great job. And we, I just want you to know, one thing I like to do is, is reminding them like, Hey, I've worked with a lot of clients and you've done a great job here. There's been a lot of events that have been to, and this is a really well done event. Now I'm not saying it just to say it, like I want to genuinely mean it, but as, yeah. uh, for them, maybe again, maybe it's the first time they've done it. Maybe it's the, the second time, that, but just giving some of that positive affirmation to them. Like you're doing a great job. This is really hard. There's a lot of moving pieces here and you're, you're doing, yeah. you're doing awesome. And we, we all know that in real life, right? Like when you get off the stage, the first thing you want to hear, especially if there's some element that you're concerned about, if 
you know, something didn't work the way you expected. You want to know that it was valuable, that all that hard work you put in rehearsing and prepping and everything all that time that people are getting value from it. So these organizers, the, the AV folks, they're the same way. They put their heart and soul into this event, probably months and months and months of planning. So that little compliment costs you nothing and means so much to them. So that gratitude, I think, is really just key. Yeah. So that's something that we do on site. Then after we leave, there's a few other touch points that we do. So I will always send an email to the client a day or two afterwards. Again, just being aware of the context of if they're still in the thick of the conference, Mm -hmm. I'll probably wait because they're not checking email anyway. But send it a few days later and just, hey, again, I just want to say thank you so much. Had a great time working with you. You were phenomenal. You know, so again, just kind of reaffirming that. Uh, The other thing that we'll do is uh, Lisa on our team, who is typically like our logistics details person who's booked travel. She's worked with them on the contract and all the details that go into it. She will be sending them an email and she will be mailing a thank you card as well. Just, hey, I enjoyed working with you. Because again, I may be the one that's up there on stage, but a lot of the interaction may be with someone else on the team. So having them send out some type of thank you or appreciation. Another thing that we do is that this has evolved over time. I've seen speakers do this different ways. We'll send them some type of physical gift. What we currently do is we've been sending like this this fancy tin of uh, Mrs. Fields cookies. Everybody <laughs> loves cookies. Now sure. I've heard like pros and cons. Like some people are like, well, I don't want to send food because of allergies, you know, yeah. which is fair. That's understandable. Some people will send something personalized, like maybe they'll specifically try to get a picture with the client or key members of the audience and then frame the picture and send it back to the client. So some type of personalized gift that you could do that, that would work as well. One of the little thing that we do that I, I don't don't know many people who do this, but this is something I always really enjoy doing is I always like to find out the person that I was working with that event, that event planner or event coordinator, who is their boss right? And I want to find out their boss. Most likely I didn't meet them at the event. Sometimes I do, but sometimes they may have been there in the audience and just kind of blended in or they're kind of making the rounds or whatever. But I want to figure out who their boss is and I want to send them an email to brag on the event planner that we worked with. Hey, Susie, we worked with Joe on this event. And I just want to say like from a speaker perspective, we've worked with a lot of event planners. Joe is amazing. And I just want you to know that you have a great team member here and Joe and we're, we're, he was awesome to work with and yada, yada, but just bragging on them. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll BCC the person just to let them know like, Hey, we're bragging on you to your boss, uh-huh. which is like, I mean, I think about it like, you remember like in, in elementary school or something and like your like the teacher would be bragging to your parents in front of you about like, you know, little Melanie is awesome. And you're like, Oh my gosh, that my teacher said that to my parent. Yeah. It's just, like, it just, it's amazing when someone says that to someone that like you're reporting to, or, you know, something along those lines. So those are some things that we do after the event in terms of just showing gratitude. Yeah, I think it's, you know, that's one of the things that I do too. The other thing that I make sure to spend time doing is, you know, actually going and and thanking the people who are attendees. And this obviously depends on your industry, depends on the audience and who you're speaking to. For me at many large like marketing style conferences, I'm going to have a lot of attendees who are tweeting, they're posting on social media. So immediately after my session, when I go off stage, I spend about five minutes just going through favorite, like, comment, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. That means a lot, you know, all those things, because those people, 
as well. Like they took time out of their day to come, to engage with you, to share, to take a photo, to quote you, whatever they're doing, acknowledging them can turn them into lifelong fans of you. And you never know those people in the audience may also have an opportunity for you. I've had so many opportunities come from, Hey, I saw you speak in Denver. You tweeted at me, remember? And I've got this event coming up here in Phoenix. So you got to engage with those attendees as well. Is there any type of, uh, of physical thing that you send out to clients or any other speakers that you've seen that, that do something like that? Yeah. So one of the things that's that I found that's pretty cool and you know it kind of saves you the trouble of having to ask for someone's address, which I always found to be a little weird. Like then they know you're sending something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's weird. <laughs> There's a company called Sugar Wish. Okay. What you can actually do is like, say I was going to send it to you, Grant, you'd get an email that says, Melanie bought you a Sugar Wish and you could log on, pick any two candies that are your favorite, and then you can enter the address you want and it will ship uh. it to you. So what I like about that is it gives you an element of choice. So you don't have to worry maybe about allergies so much. Plus, it's candy. Everyone loves candy. Oh, who doesn't you know? love candy? And then a lot of times, it's like now they're sharing it with the office. They're sharing it with their families. So I find that that's like a really cute custom way to, to give a thank you and let someone pick their favorite thing. It lets you write a little card and everything. But all you need is their email address. So it, it's pretty easy to send out. Yeah, I like that too. And I had someone who sent me something like that a while back, a few months ago. And I'm drawing a blank on the name of the company. But yeah, it's basically, it's like a, a gift card. And mm -hmm. here's all these different options of how you could redeem it online yeah. and, and redeem it instantly. Which now I'm second guessing, did I actually ever redeem that? I'm going to have to go look that up later. <laughs> you can, yeah, check that out. Let us know. <laughs> All right. So other than the uh, the gratitude after that piece, and again, that, that may go on for more than just sure. at the event, but that may go on for you know a couple of days or so of, of sending a card or sending a gift or sending an email or some type of, of follow-up there. What else do you do beyond the, the gratitude piece? The other thing you have to ask is do is ask for feedback. And I think this is, again, really easy for us to forget, right? We leave the event, we're like, I'm doing great. Everyone clapped. I'm amazing. <laughs> On to the next one. But that feedback is incredibly valuable, you know, for yourself, for your development as a speaker, but also because there may be opportunities within there that you, you can hear about, right? If there's another need that they have, or maybe your material's not landing the way you expected it to, and you can add more value by changing the way you phrase something. So I always follow up and I ask, and this is something I do typically a week or so, at least maybe a week or more after the event is ask if there were any ratings or speaker feedback forms, or if there's any feedback from the organizer, you know, did you hear anything positive or negative asking for that feedback? And I think it's really important to caveat that you are looking for positive and negative. And the reason for that is people might be inclined to just say like, oh yeah, it was great. Everyone said they loved it. And that's not helpful for you as right. a speaker, right? Totally. Like that's non-feedback. So I always try to make them comfortable and say, listen, I'm looking for everything, positive and negative, so I can continue to grow. Your feedback helps me serve your audience and future audiences better. So that it feels like you're really telling them like, give it to me. Just give me whatever you got. I'm ready for it. How about right. you? Well, so one of the things that we do is we'll send out a link to a post-event questionnaire. And it's just got mm -hmm. a, a handful of questions of similar things that you were asking about of how was Grant to work with, what was a, the experience offstage and onstage, and you know how the audience resonated with the material and how things clicked. But getting some of that feedback. Now, I would be honest in saying that like sending it in the form of just here's a questionnaire, please fill this out type of thing doesn't get a great response rating versus if you are sending some type of specific email or I know some speakers who might schedule a phone call after the event. And that's just done early in the process of, hey, you know, a week or two weeks after the event, can we schedule just a quick 20 minute debrief call just to touch base with the client? And again, like some of that's to, to help you 
to get some of that specific feedback that you're looking for. But two, the other thing to remember is this is a relationship business and people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so if you're able to get back on the phone with them and to continue to build that relationship and that rapport of maybe getting some feedback, but also maybe recommending other speakers, asking about them, recommending you or referring you to other potential events, just building that rapport and that connection can make a a huge, huge difference. Definitely. Yeah, that is a really good idea. I never thought about putting it together in a questionnaire. I think even if you had sort of a checklist for yourself internally to remember the things that you want to get, you know, you want to make sure you're asking about, could you run through those questions for us again? Because I think that's a, a really good prompt things for us to think about, right? It was your experience of you on stage, experience of you off stage, how the audience or how they feel the audience connected with the material. What are some of the other questions to ask? I think one of the things, and I don't have it in front of me, I should have had this, was that asking them if they if they would refer us to another spe- or to another client, mm-hmm. and if so, if there's anyone that comes to mind of who they mm-hmm. might consider referring us to. But any of the the feedback also on working with our team. So like uh, we were talking about earlier, I'm involved in the process of booking the event. So once it is booked, then we pass the baton to someone else on the team, and they handle all of the contracts, all the logistics, all the travel, all the basically correspondence leading mm-hmm. up to the event is with someone else on the team. So I want to find out how, like, how does that process, is there anything that we can do to make that process smoother or more efficient or easier for them? And in fact, one of the things that we have found is that we have a lot of people who whenever they maybe write a recommendation letter or give us some type of testimonial that, yeah, they may talk about Grant as a speaker on stage, but oftentimes they'll say a lot about how we as our team were to work behind the scenes. You know, like Grant was great on stage, but we really loved working with the team and all the details <laughs> that, you know, they just made it easier. Because again, you got to remember that you as a speaker, you are one small part of hundreds or thousands of moving pieces for an event, depending on the scope of the event. And so if you're able to make their job simpler, make these things easier, then it definitely makes it simpler for the the client and makes them want to work with you more in the future. Absolutely. And that's the key. And I think it kind of brings us into the next thing, which is that so long as that feedback is largely positive, this is generally a really good time to ask for a testimonial. Mm -hmm. What's great about the form that you mentioned, Grant, is if it's positive within there, perhaps there's an option in your form to say, can we use the above check yes or no, you know, on our website, in our materials, etc. But if not, you know, I always reach out and ask people, you know, can I get a testimonial from you? That's lovely that you said that. Would you mind if I put that on my website as a testimonial? Sometimes people will have concerns about being identified or speaking on behalf of their company. So one of the things I always recommend, especially for the speakers that ask us about this, is you can always use someone's first name and last initial and identify them by their type of job as opposed to their very specific job. Now, you know, if you've got someone from Google that's giving you great feedback, you want that, right? It's good to say Google. If you can't get them to say Google, then saying Jeff B from a large tech company, you know, that would be helpful still. It's better than nothing. So I always recommend you reach out to the folks who worked with you, whether it was you know, the organizer of the event on what it was like to have you, the moderator or the, you know, the MC on what it was like to see you on stage, engaging with the audience, even assistants or other admin folks on what it's like to work with you as an organizer. You know, how is it getting materials from you? That Are you timely to respond? Are you pleasant on the phone? You know, all those things can help bring it out next time. 
Yeah, a few of the things to mention just whenever it comes to testimonials would be one, sometimes we've we used to do this early on. We don't do this as much now, but asking specifically for a recommendation letter that's on their letterhead. Difficult to get people to actually do it. The reality is just because, again, they're busy, the event's over, they're moving on. But there's something that makes it more official and feels more legit than, you know, anytime you see a testimonial on a on a screen, it's just kind of like, ah, it's kind of slapped on there, you know, and uh, I don't know if that's real or not. Sure, Bill. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, whoever <laughs> Bill is. Um, but seeing something that's like on their letterhead tends to make it, uh, I don't know, feels can feel a little bit more official. Another way to go about this that's simpler for you and the client is to see if you can get a video testimonial right there at the event. This is especially easy today where you've got, you know, most of us have smartphones that have amazing video cameras that you can, you, you know, you've got with you all the time. And so maybe after the event, talking with a client or even talking with audience members and saying like, hey, can I, you know, anyone that's like especially, you know, <laughs> appreciative of you that you're like, hey, can I just get quick 15 seconds of you saying a couple things of, you know, Hey, I just saw Melanie speak and da, 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 da. They're excited. It's fresh on their mind. There's other people moving around. So it, it feels very real and authentic versus like mm -hmm. Bill and his magical letter. You know, <laughs> um, another thing I would mention would be when we are asking for a testimonial after the event, and maybe this, again, this is a week or so later, most clients aren't necessarily the best at giving a, a like a really strong testimonial, meaning they might say, Melanie was a good speaker. We liked her. And like, okay, that's <laughs> great, but like that doesn't necessarily help. Not me. really compelling. Yeah. So giving them some more details of, you know, uh, and sometimes what we'll do is we'll give them not necessarily a template, but hey, based on some things you told me, here's a testimonial that we drafted. Does this sound okay? Or do you want to tweak this? However, yeah. But it helps it to take their words, but put it in a way that is more compelling. So if, for example, if I'm speaking, if I'm keynoting a conference for 5,000 people, I want that in there. You know, like I want them to include that. That's a really key piece mm -hmm. versus Grant spoke to our little group. I was like, no, it's a pretty good size group. Let's make sure that that's, you know, the context <laughs> is in there. So putting some, you know, details and facts in there that help the client, but also gives you a better testimonial. Those things matter as well. Definitely. And you can do that by providing them prompts as well. You know, if you're not, maybe you're not a writer. I know we, we get feedback from people sometimes. They're like, I'm not a writer. How do I work on my website? So if you're having that same concern as you're thinking of testimonials, make sure you're asking them for the feedback you want. Say, it would be great if you could share a testimonial that includes some things like, and you can right. give them those prompts. What sort of event was it and how big was the audience? How do you think my message resonated with your audience? What was it like to work with me leading up to the event? Do you think the audience had meaningful transformation. You can kind of seed some of those terms and let them craft that together. One of the things uh, too, you touched on the social piece earlier of after the event is looking up a lot of the different tweets that may come in towards you. And so I know some speakers who will screenshot and kind of put together a collection of those and send those to the client. Do you do that? I do. So actually on my website, I have a carousel unit. You know, it's sort of like a little photo slideshow. And I've screenshotted different tweets of people praising, saying nice things about it, just the best ones, you know, so you can click through. And I think what's great about that is it's public, right? So yeah. this adds to that credibility when we're saying, well, who's Bill M? Right. Who is this, this little anonymous guy? This is someone really saying it publicly. And I yeah. think that carries some weight. But the other thing I do, and I've, um, you know, I've got this down to a system is at the event when people are being giving very, effusive praise. You know, you talked about finding those super fans that are talking to you afterward. When you see someone who says something like, this speech was amazing. It was so great. I reply to that person. I say, 
hey, Bill, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Would you mind endorsing me on LinkedIn, writing me a recommendation with a link to my LinkedIn and saying, I'd really appreciate it. And the reason I do that is because if they are then electing to give me a public testimonial, that shows up on my LinkedIn, which is important for my industry in a marketing mm-hmm. context, but it also makes it so that you can, you know, it's associated with that person, their experience, their industry experience. And again, they're electing to do it publicly. So it makes it easier for you to transport that to other materials. You know, they've gone through the effort of saying, I endorse you, which, you know, you can transport that endorsement to other places on your site as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So we got the testimonials piece. And then one of the other things that's important when you're at an event is there's, depending on, again, the nature of the event, is there may be a lot of video or pictures that are being taken. And I don't know about you as a speaker, like most speakers are always looking for like better pictures and better video (laughs) or just like any pictures or any video. And so do you do anything to get those assets for you personally? Yeah. So like I said, one of the things I do is I screenshot a lot of the social stuff. So this, you know, these are not always like demo reel quality or website quality, but it's just good to have shots people have taken of you on stage. They might include those with their posts. That's great. But I always send an email afterward. If I notice someone who's there at the event, who's recording or taking photos, and I already have contact information, or if they're associated with the conference, I will send a follow-up email once the craziness of the event has died down and say, hey, you know, my contact. I noticed that there was a photographer in the room. Could you share their contact information with me? I'd love to get in touch with them and see if they can share some assets. So if you can do that, that's great. But you actually said that you you've got like a a day of game face approach. You just walk right up, right? Yeah. I try to, (laughs) again, like you mentioned, sometimes the event, um, the host, again, depending on the nature of the event, depending on the size of the event, the, someone who's taking pictures or someone who's doing video is just one piece that of a lot of moving pieces there. So sometimes I'll just try to connect with the, the person who's in charge of video or the person who's taking pictures and ask them, Hey, do you have a card? Is there any way you could send me these pictures afterwards? And a lot of times they're like, Oh yeah, I mean, they're, producing some type of thing that they would typically be happy to share with you. Now, again, sometimes it depends on the nature of the event and you want to you know, make sure that if there's any issues contractually of them sharing some of that stuff, typically it's not right. an issue, but just you know, making sure. But assuming it's not, then a lot of times I'll, I'll ask them, hey, can I, can I just contact you and follow up with you afterwards? And that way the event planner doesn't, you know, I'm not asking the event planner, Hey, can you go find this asset for me? You know, but uh, sometimes it's just asking permission. Hey, I I got the contact information for your, the videographer or for the photographer. They said it was okay to, for me to use some of the clips or the images. I just want to make sure, double check and make sure it was cool with you. But that way, again, you've got their contact info to to follow Mm -hmm. up on. The other thing I would say is I have had instances where I did this kind of outreach we're talking about where I reach out a week or two after and I'm asking this question and I've already missed a window for something, whether it's filling out a form in advance for the rights to be released, or maybe you were supposed to pay a tiny fee to have a copy made for you. Maybe they only kept it for four days, they uploaded it and now it's gone. So this may be something that's worth, if it's very important to you, especially if you're just starting out and you're really hungry for those assets, maybe something you want to bring up sooner or follow up on sooner than just kind of waiting till the end and hoping maybe you can get your hands on some. Yeah. And this is something actually we spell out in our contract that if you're going to be videoing or you're going to be taking pictures that we want, we want to be able to have those. Um, and again, typically for most events, it's not going to be an issue. If it is an issue, it's typically again, going to be spelled out and, and then a conversation early on. If it's a big conference, they're typically going to be a lot more protective of those assets, not just going out to anybody and everyone. But again, just, uh, if there is people there that are getting, video or getting pictures to utilize some of those assets that, uh, that they have. 
All right, let's see here. Last thing would just be referrals. So, all right, so you finished speaking. This is a great opportunity for them to recommend you to other people. But how do you go about getting those referrals? This is something that I'd love to hear your perspective on because I'll be honest, I don't think I am great at this. I think what I am good at really is interacting with my attendees. And part of the reason for that is my balance, as you know, is I do some speaking and some consulting as well. So a lot of times I'm able to rest on, hopefully some of my attendees come up and ask me for consulting. And I don't truthfully focus as much attention on getting those referrals for other speaking gigs. So I'd love to hear your process for how you go about making sure that you're you're actively seeking those out. Yeah, I think you can do this in kind of a, an informal or a formal way. The informal is typically what most speakers would do in that either after the event, when you're right there with them that you're asking, and maybe even you're not saying, hey, right now I need give me five names and emails. Let's make these introductions. But more of a casual, just kind of putting a bug in their ear. Hey, if it's cool, I'm going to circle back with you in a week or so. And this is where, again, maybe some type of follow-up debrief call would work well. And reminds them like, hey, you know, if, if you think of anybody that would be a good fit, let me know. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to chat with them. And just rem- reminding them like, this is your business, you know, this is how you make a living. And I think, again, if you show up, you do a great job, you're awesome to work with. Like people want to work with good people and you want to refer yeah. good people. So I know, uh, let's say if I'm an event planner and I work with Melanie and Melanie kills it and she's great to work with. And then I refer Melanie to a friend who's also planning an event and Melanie shows up and kills it. It makes me look good. Yeah. So people want to refer good people. And this is true among speakers as well. Speakers want to refer good speakers Mm -hmm. to continue to build that rapport and that relationship with that particular client. So so you can kind of go that informal way of asking them after the event. The other thing that you could do, and I've done this a couple of times, I know some speakers who do this regularly, but they put in their contract that if I, assuming that I do a good job and assuming that you actually think I'm good to work with, then you're willing to, you know, make an introduction or make a recommendation uh, to three or five specific conferences or events that you think that I would be a good fit for. And that's just part of the deal. This is also something that you can use from a negotiation standpoint of, I've done this, this is the context where I've used it a few times, is a client that I knew was very influential and maybe they didn't have the budget that I was looking for. So I said, hey, tell you what, I'm willing to take less in fee, assuming that you can do this. You can make an introduction to four or five or whatever and specify a number, not just you know like some random vague amount, but a specific number of people that they're going to introduce you to. Now, again, to them, that may mean nothing, but to you, that's valuable, right? Because if, if yeah. one or two or three or all of them book you for something, that's hugely, hugely valuable. So you can put it in some type of contract, but again, that's something you just want to discuss up front with the with the client if you're going to go that route. Yeah, I think one of the things that I am good at is, you know, what you pointed out is getting the other speaker recommendations. So for me, one thing you can look for if you are at the type of events where they publicize who the speakers are or it's an annual event and you could look at past rosters, this is something that has worked incredibly well for me because I'm networking with the other speakers. I always go to my events early and I go to other people's sessions. I engage with them when I'm applying to an event or, you know, having an interaction with an organizer. I'll look at last year and say, hey, hey, Grant, I saw that you spoke at this conference last year. I'm really hoping to get in this year. Is it all right if I say that you sent me that, you know, that we've worked together before? Or, you know, maybe you can make this introduction for me before I even get started to kind of start me off on a better foot if you think I'd make make a good a good fit for this year's event. And if you are fostering those relationships, you said, Grant, it's a relationship business. It is with other speakers, too. So if you have those relationships, it's not going to be a lot to ask because we all want to help each other out. It's not a zero-sum game. There are so many events for all of us. We can't all speak at everything. So having those allies, other speakers who will make recommendations and introductions for you 
can make a big difference. But again, it's important to get permission from the speaker if you're going to say that that speaker sent you. I had that happen several years ago of a client that I worked with several times and had a good relationship with. They contacted me and said, hey, do you know such and such? And I was like, I've never heard of them. They said, well, they reached out and said that basically any event Grant speaks at that they speak at too and that we were good (laughs) friends. And I was like, what? And it just left a horrible taste in my mouth and naturally in the client's mouth as well, you know? So yeah it's not that big of a space. And so be careful in what you're and how you're wording things. Right. Uh, yes. Get the permission clients. Yeah, for sure. Get the permission first. All right, anything else there for things that to do after the speaking gig? I think if you do all of these things, you're going to be pretty well positioned to hopefully make the most of those gigs and, and get some new ones into your pipeline. Awesome. That was fun. Enjoy the chat, Melanie. Yeah, you too. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with uh, Melanie and I on all about what to do after the gig. Lots of, uh, of good stuff there again. So walking through, we've got gratitude, sending the thank yous and who to do that for and, and what format to send that in. Talked about feedback, how to request that feedback from uh, attendees and from the organizer. Testimonials from uh, organizers or the, the host, moderator, anybody that you may have worked with, other attendees as well. Getting those different assets, the pictures, videos that we talked about and introductions as well. Who else maybe could use you and uh, some referrals and introductions that could be potentially made for you there. So lots of good stuff there. Again, if you enjoyed this format, be sure and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Feel free to uh, reach out, send us an email, tweet us online, send us a message on Facebook, whatever your chosen method of communication is. And we'd love to know what you think of this. Are there other subjects or topics that you'd like us to cover on an upcoming episode of the show? We do appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.